Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today is the last week of our series called Trust. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. How many of you have confidence in our Lord? Amen? How many of you have confidence in our Lord? You believe that He can bring you through it. Amen? The first week of the series, we talked about surface trust. And I told you surface trust is flaky. It provides no protection for what is underneath. Too many Christians believe in a God that they simply don't trust. And we say that we do, but, but we live life without faith. We live life without, without trust in Him. We live life like we don't. We looked at Numbers chapters 13 and 14 where Israel wouldn't trust God at His word. Even though He had promised them the land, they allowed intimidating circumstances to keep them from possessing their land. Then the second week, we talked about what do you do when God lets you down? We looked at Matthew chapter 14 and Mark chapter 6 when Jesus intentionally sent the disciples into the storm while he was praying on a mountaintop. But when Jesus looked down from the mountaintop and he saw them struggling in the storm, the Bible says he came walking to them on the water. And Jesus told Peter to come come to him on the water, get out of the boat, come to him. And, And Peter got out of the boat and he was moving in the right direction. Many times we are moving in the right direction. We're moving towards Jesus, but circumstances of life, the storms that come sometimes can derail us a little bit. Sometimes it will, it will shake our faith a little bit. And, and when Peter focused on the wind and the waves, he began to sink. And I told you that sometimes God sets you up for the fall, but it's a trust fall because part of your faith journey is learning to trust God. Even in the fall, if everything thing was right all the time. If you were always, if, if your head was always above water and, and you never had to trust him, you would have no need for a savior. But as soon as Peter said, Lord, save me, the Bible says Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him and pulled him up. Last week, I told you that it is so ironic to me that the toughest place for a person to trust God is in their finances, because that's the thing that actually has in God we trust on it. We talked about the principle of first fruits, how God wants your first. He does not want your leftovers. We looked at a tithe. And what what is a tithe? A tithe is a tenth. And the number 10 throughout the whole Bible represents testing. In Malachi chapter 3, God actually invites us to test him. And, And tithing is the only area where God invites us to test him. There's no other place where God says, test me in this. But he does with tithing. He says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. And last week through a fruit illustration, I showed you what giving your first fruits looks like compared to giving God your leftovers when, you, when you're just handing him the banana peel and, or, or the, the core of the apple and not giving him his first fruits that he desires. And I told you I would rather live off of 90% that's blessed than 100% that is cursed. First week was about surface trust. Second week was about the trust fall. Last week was about the trust fund, and today, as we close out this series, I simply want to talk to you on the subject of trust and obey. Trust and obey. Now, I am naturally not a risk taker. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I calculate things. I, I want to make sure that, that what I'm getting into is safe. Um, I, I don't ever see me jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I don't see that ever happening in my life. I don't think that I will ever bungee jump. I don't think I'm going to do that uh, in my life. I doubt very seriously that I will ever ski a, a, a double black diamond ski slope. I don't see that happening. I have been skiing before and I, I never graduated to even the black diamond, much less a double black diamond. It's not going to happen. 
<clears throat> I, I don't like taking risk. I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't like taking risk. And, and special thanks to Shark Week, I don't even like swimming in the ocean anymore. <laughs> so, so, the way that I look at it, life has enough risk already. Why should I, I add more risk to my life? In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, it tells us just that, that life has risk. Listen to what it says. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. In other words, life is full of risk. But when it comes to living a life as a Christian, there's too many of us that play it safe. And in the Christian faith, we must be willing to be a risk taker. You have to be. You have to be. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says... For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 10 and 38 says, But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You hear what God's saying? My righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Then Habakkuk 2 and 4 says, The righteous shall live by his faith, by his trust in God. The righteous will live by his faith. Have you ever wondered why God uses some people more than he uses others? I mean, you look around the room right now, and, you, and there's certain people that you, you hold in, in high esteem. You look at their life, and you think, man, that's just a person of faith. What, 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 what an example of faith they are. And you look at their life and, and, and you think, God, why? Why did you choose them over me? I mean, let's take two people. They have the same home life. They have the same biblical knowledge. They even have the same IQ. Why is it that God is looking for one? And what is it that he sees in one over the other? What's the criteria that God has for, for using someone. And, and, and what I have figured out looking through scripture is this, is God is looking for people that will simply trust and obey. That's all he's looking for. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be the, the biggest giver in the church. No, no, God is simply looking for people who will trust and obey. People that will hear his voice and then they will act upon it. That's what God is looking for. And if you're willing to do that, then God is willing to give you an adventure. God is willing to, 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 to lay something on your heart that, that sometimes won't make sense to anybody else. That's what God will do for you. Amen. And so this morning, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, there are numerous chapters throughout the Bible that have been established as thematic. For instance, we know 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's the love chapter of the Bible. And, and uh, we, we use it in weddings all the time. Um, and next month, I'm going to be doing a marriage series. And no doubt, we'll read some from the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. But Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. And throughout the verses of, of this chapter, one gets to walk among the greats of the biblical hall of faith. We're not exactly sure who wrote this book, but, but they certainly knew their Old Testament. 
Now, I want you to, to work with me for a moment because, because I, I, my mind, when I, when I read God's Word, my mind just, just works a little different sometimes, and, and I, I kind of want to put myself in the place. And so, when, when I read this chapter, I imagine myself walking through a historical museum, and in my mind, I see statues, statues of Old Testament saints that had great faith. And so I, I just need, I, I need some help this morning. And, and you're going to have to stand here for a moment. So, um, um, yeah, Rick, you'll work. Come on up here, Rick. And um, Rick. You, you, you know how to, hey, come on up to the second step right here. There you go, one more, there you go. You know how to use a hammer? Yeah. Okay, here's what I need you to do. No, no the other way, there you go, there you go. I need you to, to, to get a stance like this, like, well, let's do it like this right here, like you're about to swing. Mm -hmm. Okay, look here, and there you go, hold it. Just freeze, just like that, you're a statue, okay? There we go, there we go. Um, I, I sure could use some, some more help. Roger, you'll work, come on up here. Let me, uh, let me. It's like Christmas. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, if you'll come on up to this second step right here. And um, I, I want you just to kind of spread your legs apart like that right there. And just imagine a rock being in front of you and, and both hands just, just ready to, there you go. Just like that, just freeze, just freeze, just stay just like that. Just like that. Jackson, come here, man. Come here. Just stand right here, if you will. Oh, I hope this goes over. I look like an idiot. But, but so do you guys, so it'll be fine. Hold that up above your head. You're going to get tired in a minute, okay? If you need to switch hands, don't, because you're a statue. So just stay, just stay, just like that, just like that. Dale, will you help me? It's a slingshot, man, from, from Guatemala. I know, I know technically David probably didn't use anything like this, but um, just look up because you're aiming at, at something high. There you go. Perfect. Just freeze. Just like that. Just like that. That is perfect, man. Perfect. All right. You guys just stay just like that. Now, now church, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk with me through this museum just for a moment, okay? Walk with me and, and, and let's walk through the Hall of Faith. Hebrews chapter 11 we're going to start reading at verse 1. I'm going to jump to a number of verses because there's no need for us to read the entire chapter for time's sake. It's an amazing chapter, and, and I suggest that sometime you read it in its entirety. But for, for today, we're just going to skip, and, uh, skip around and hit a few verses. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 to start with. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old receive their commendation. Now let's go to verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. Let's go to verse 5 now. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. Let's, let's go down to verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructing an ark for the saving of his household. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. 
Verse 11 says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Verse 20 now. Verse 20 says, By faith Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. Verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25 says, Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 29, By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. Verse 32 says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight." Church, the people that God included in this chapter, they were the risk takers, or more appropriately called faith walkers. These people put their faith and their trust in God Almighty, even when he asked them to do extraordinary things. These people truly knew what it was like to walk by faith and not by sight. And the Word of God is full of stories of men and women who, in order to accomplish God's plan for their lives, they had to risk failure. They had to put their trust in something bigger than they were, something that they couldn't even see. And so here's the question that haunts me. And I hope that this will keep you up at night too, because honestly, this bothers me. And the question is this, if God was still writing the Bible today, would I be included? If God was writing the Bible today, if it, if it was still being written, would I be one of the subjects of that Bible? Would my life be included? Hundreds of years from now, would I be included in the hall of faith? I mean, uh, I mean when, you, when you walk through the halls of the, wa- the hall of faith, you look and, um, and, and you have a man like Noah who, who God tells him to build an ark. And it's never rained, at least not like rain that we know, much less it's never flooded. But by faith, he had to do this. And, and then you have a, a man, Abraham, that, that God asked him, are you willing to sacrifice your son, your promise from me that, that it took so long for you to have? Are you willing to sacrifice this? And, and he was, even though he didn't have to, at, at the very last moment, God provided a ram in the thicket, but, but this man was willing to sacrifice and and then you have a very tired armed Moses over here that um that that raised the staff of God and, and parted the Red Sea and, and and the children of Israel could walk through and when he got to the other side lowered the staff the the the, the waves crashed in and drowned Pharaoh's army and then you get over here to a shepherd boy that was willing to Walk up with five smooth stones and a slingshot and face a giant that nobody else wanted to, including his older brothers, and it ended up saving a nation. This is what the hall of faith looks like. And and what bothers me is this. (laughs) 
when you get to me, I'm concerned that I'm sitting over here on the couch. Is this what I'm going to look like in the Hall of Faith? Is this the risk that I took? And, and what really haunts me even more is that sometimes I'm worried that I'm raising up a church. And, and listen, this is on me, not on you. It's following in the same footsteps and we're not risk takers for Christ. That's what keeps me up at night. That's what bothers me. Because I, I'm afraid that what we've done is... is We've like bubble wrapped our Christians in an effort to keep them safe. Gentlemen, you can just lay your, your props down and you can go back to your seats and rest your arms if you will. Just be here for second service and we'll do it again. <laughs> Have we bubble wrapped our believers? Don't get me wrong. Listen to me. I love the church. I, I've given my life to the church. It, it, it is what I do for a living. And I believe that the church is ordained of God. And I don't believe that most churches limit people intentionally. But, but we are notorious for taming people in the name of Christ. Now listen, that's not what he's called us to do. It, it, it's a noble cause, okay? What we want to protect, and, and we try to remove the risk. We try to remove the danger. We try and eliminate the struggles. But in an effort to do all of that, we have taken out the, the, the steps of faith that are required of Christianity. Now, in no way am I condoning a dangerous lifestyle. This is not a message condoning sin. Matter of fact, you need to be very careful on the steps of faith that you take. You need to make sure that every step you take is grounded by the Word of God. This is about taking risks for the kingdom of God, however. And I'm afraid that too many Christians are right now playing it safe. Because what happens to us inside of these walls is supposed to be lived outside of these walls. The instruction that we get from God's Word here... It's supposed to be played out, out there. And the church is not here to keep you safe. And that's, that's my fault. Sometimes I think sometimes we preach in such a way that, that it just says, just, just be here, just stay safe. We want to keep you protected. And I'm sorry if I've ever done that to you because the church is not here to keep you safe. Jesus died to save you from sin and hell, but he didn't die to keep you safe. He told us. In this life, you're going to have trouble. He said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And we're trying to bubble wrap and keep our Christians so safe. Keep the believers from experiencing any harm. Mandy and I decided a long time ago that, that, that we were not going to, to just bubble wrap and protect our children. No, we were going to teach our children how to be light and darkness. Because we know what's coming. We know that the real world is going to hit them right upside their head. And I don't want to be that pastor that looks at you and says, stay safe. Don't take any risk. No, I'd rather raise up a church 
that is willing to take risk. And sometimes we f- just fall flat on our face. But there are those moments when we hear from God and we take the risk and we get it right. And people's lives are changed and our life is forever changed by that. Jesus died so that you would live by faith and not by sight. Many of you have heard me share before, I have this rule about going to the movie theater. That when you go to the movie theater, you don't go watch chick flicks at the movie theater. You you wait for those to come out on Blu-ray or DVD. That's what you do. When you go to the movie theater, the screen is big, the sound is bigger. You need action when you go to the movie theater. All the men in the room are like, see, I'm so glad you drug me to church this morning, honey. He is preaching right to you. I don't mind watching a chick flick with my wife, but, but the, the reality is she knows that's for us to watch at home. Because when you go to the theater, you want to see action on the big screen. God likes action movies too. When it comes to our lives and what he sees out of our lives, God wants to see some risk involved. God wants to see some people that will step out of the boat and begin to walk on water. God wants to see some people who will charge the promised land. Take him at his word, trust and obey and go and conquer the land. When it comes to our lives, God's not interested in a bunch of dialogue. God is interested in action. Living life adventurous. Doing things that you can't do on your own. That it's going to take supernatural power for you to be able to succeed at it. I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take his word for it because we read of the city of Jericho that was tightly shut up, located on the very land that God had given the Israelites. And now 40 plus years later, God told them to march around the city seven times and then witness the destruction and it happened. We read of Gideon defeating the entire army of Midianites, thousands, with only 300 men when he started with 32,000. We read of the three Hebrew boys who refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue of himself. We read how they were thrown into a fiery furnace and they walked into the fire and there they walked with the Son of God in the fire and when they walked out, none of them were burned. We read of Daniel who was taken into captivity to be reprogrammed by the Babylonians and and how he was thrown into the den of lions because he refused to stop praying three times a day of how God tamed those lions and spared Daniel's life. We read of of how Peter did step out of that boat and walk on the water. And then we read of that same Jesus giving his life on the cross for our sins. But the story doesn't stop there. He, He was resurrected, raised from the dead, securing our right to find God. And that's just to name a few examples. The Bible is full of risk takers. And every Christian's life is marked by windows of opportunity that demand a radical step of faith. Listen to me, church. Where there is no risk, there is no faith. You don't even need faith when you don't risk something for the kingdom of God. And where there is no faith, the Bible says there's no reward. And and even more, and this was what really bothers me, where there is no faith, there's no pleasing God. 
Hebrews 11 and 6, same chapter, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God is not pleased when we don't live our lives by faith. So, what risk is God asking you to take? What risk is God asking you to take? What is it that he's called you to do? What's that step of faith look like? Because I can tell you, my life has a few of those moments, not near as many as I would hope for. But one of those moments, the product of it is right here in this room, right now, in this moment. When God called us to uproot our family over 10 years ago and move from Tampa, Florida to Newberry to plant a church. It was scary. It's tough when right off the bat you take a $35,000 pay cut. It's tough when you put your house on the market and the market crashes and you own a house down there and you don't even you can't even afford rent for one here. But I can tell you out of all the struggles that we watched that step of faith was worth it. Because you're here right now. And I will forever be humbled by that. What's God calling you to do? What risk for the kingdom is he asking you to take? It's a dangerous question. It's dangerous for me. I, I, I struggle with it because I, I know that there's, there's some of you out there that you're going to try and justify something in your life. And say that it's a step of faith. You need to understand. Sometimes a step of faith isn't, isn't walking or moving at all. Sometimes it's just simply stay, standing still. I can tell you this, God isn't calling you out of your marriage. Your step of faith is staying even when it's tough. But yet for others, he might be calling you to take a huge step of faith financially. He might be telling you to take a huge step of faith as, as it relates to your job. As to where you're going. And so I said, God, if I'm going to challenge them with this, I, I need... I need some filters. I need to give them some criteria. I, I really did. I prayed this this morning sitting in my office. I said, God, I'm not comfortable preaching this unless I have the criteria. Tell me, what is it that we can look through God's word? And, and if we apply these things, then we knew it was you asking someone to take that step of faith, asking them to take the risk. What does a godly risk look like, Lord? And I believe God did give me three things here. And I just want to quickly share them with you. The first one is this. Is it contrary to God's word? Because God will never contradict his word. Never. Don't take a step of faith. Don't take a risk if it is contrary to God's word. And if you don't know if it is, then ask a spiritual leader in your life. Ask someone. Um, um, get in God's word. Find out, is this contrary to God's word? That's the first filter. The second filter is this. Does it benefit more than just me. 
God's never going to ask you to take a step of faith that only benefits you. Every time God asked people in his word, every time, there was always a benefit for, for others. Many times it was for generations to come, there was a benefit to it. It's always going to benefit someone besides me. And finally, the third thing that I believe God gave me is this. If it truly is a step of faith, if it's a, if it's a God risk that he wants you to take, you have to ask yourself, can I do it on my own? Because if you can accomplish it on your own, chances are it's not a God risk. If you can do it within your own ability and your own power, it's not a God risk. I can tell you this, when, when we made the choice to move here and obey God and what he was calling us to do, I can tell you that it, it, it didn't, we couldn't figure it out. It, it, we just couldn't. We could not figure out how is this going to happen. God saw fit. God provided times were tough somehow some way there was food on the table when you're wondering God where where are the people going to come from who are we going to minister to God would send them and through the years he's continued to send them at just the right moment just the right time there's always been seasons of growth for us if you can do it on your own it's probably not of God there's this this animal in Africa called the impala. Some of you are familiar with the impala because it's part of the antelope family, or maybe you drive one. Um, but it's an amazing animal because this, this animal can jump to a height of over 10 feet and a distance of 30 feet. Imagine an animal that can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet. But what's amazing to me is that when they, when they decide to corral the impala, they can do it with three foot tall plywood all the way around it. It's one of the biggest mysteries of, of why. Why can an animal that can jump 10 feet high, 30 feet in distance, how can a three-foot-tall wall of plywood keep it contained. And they figured out that the reason why is because the impala must see where its feet will land before it will jump. And caged Christians, we will do the same thing God will be challenging us and calling us to do extraordinary things that we can't do on our own ability. But if we can't see where our feet will land, we will never jump. We will never take the leap of faith. And I, I've just determined 2017 will not be that year for me. It will not be that year for me. God has already started off doing too many amazing things at the beginning of this year. And this is the year that I want to live by faith and not by sight. I want to do extraordinary things for the kingdom that not only bless me, but bless others in the process. Things that I can't do under my own ability. And church, I'm challenging you to live life that way also. Trust and obey. 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 
Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.